When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, sitting down with us is Coach Bronkhorst. I hope I said that right. Sure. That's why I'm Coach Steve. My last name's Kachevsky, so I don't even bother with it. I'm like, it's Coach Steve. <laughs> Let's not worry about it. Um, I got to meet Coach on Coach Sheffer's podcast way back when. We talked Clemson, and then mm-hmm. did we talk about another team too, or is it just Clemson? Uh, just uh, Clemson for us. Yeah, because then then you it, were lucky. down a little bit about Texas and Auburn. Uh-huh. Um, in, in the middle of it, but mostly we were recording in the clubs on that day. Well, then the more that show was going on, it's turned to BYU all of a sudden. We always talk BYU for some reason. And then he likes to get Texas in there because he's a Texas fan. Mm-hmm. And so he slides Texas in there like, well, hold on a second. Now you're bringing in this that we're not talking about. Right. Or I bring in Illinois for some reason. Like it just turns into whatever. But oh, yeah. yeah. So I got to meet Coach during that, and then you were lucky enough to have a season, so then you had to do the season, and then and now you're starting able to come back and do this stuff. So uh, just in case nobody knows who you are, could you please introduce yourself, like where you coach at? You know, sure. you had a season this year, so us people that are living by curiously through you guys love to hear that. No, my name is John Bronkhorst. I'm the offense coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Bastrop High School in Bastrop, Texas, or a Class 5A uh, program uh, and like Coach was saying, we were very blessed uh, to have a football season this year. Uh, we just finished a couple weeks ago, and uh, if if you were to tell me back in August that we would have played nine straight weeks, I would have told you you were crazy. Uh, but we uh, 
with camp, with fall camp and everything, we went 13 straight weeks without an off week, without getting shut down um, and that sort of thing. So we were very, very blessed. Yeah, because people were playing, like I know in Ohio, mm-hmm. and there was times where they didn't have a game one week because of contact. And it wasn't necessarily that people got COVID. It was contact tracing. Because when they contact trace, it was like you have to sit out, I think, a week, mm-hmm. maybe, or 10 days. 10 days. Yeah. No, uh, we live vicariously through you guys. When people were playing, I was like, who's playing right now? Who can I talk to? I'm living vicariously because we don't play till March 5th is the first game. Now, in the suburbs, we're probably going to have snow February 15th, that first practice. Mm-hmm. Uh we're, I know Texas is a whole different world, but like we have an indoor track, which that's big time mm-hmm. for Illinois. We're fortunate, mm-hmm. but like I grew up in central Illinois. I grew up 20 minutes from the University of Illinois and I went to Eastern. They don't have that in central Illinois. There's no indoor mm-hmm. track. So right. I, f- I feel for them. They're on grass, they're on whatever. And mm-hmm. one thing we talked about, we got contact days in October. We had 20 days. We focused on special teams more than anything because we thought the head coach thought about it. He was like, Can you imagine trying to snap the ball in February in the cold and the wind and trying to punt it and there's snow? And I was shocked. I was like, I didn't think of that. Like, not saying special teams are not important, but sometimes you just kind of go to the normalcy of like, Oh, we'll do a little bit of special teams, a little bit of offense, a little bit of defense. We were like, Because he's a new head coach too. So we got to put in an offense, put in a defense too. But he was like, we're going to take a long time on special teams, more than we probably should. And then I told some coaches that in Illinois, all of a sudden, that's what everybody was doing because they thought of it. They were like, oh, yeah. a, f- a frozen football? <laughs> it's one of those, um, um, I think it's it's one of the, I was talking to somebody the other day. Um, special teams is one of those areas that I, I, everybody preaches. That's very, very important, but it's probably the least allocated time Um portion of uh, of your of your program honestly but you spend you, know, you dedicate an hour to offense you dedicate an hour to defense you dedicate 20 minutes to special teams um, and, and so for, for a side of the ball or a phase of the ball that can can cost you a game win you a game it's the uh it's the great i guess debate um, as, a, as a head coach, as a, as a coordinator, as to how much time do you, can you afford to allocate to special teams? Um, and so, you know, you know, we don't have the things down here that you know to worry about. Like I'll have to worry about you know, frozen footballs. You know, we'll get we'll get rain, and every once in a while, if you're fortunate enough to play, you know, late into um, you know November into early December, and you live in North Texas, you might get some snow. Um, but it's nothing compared to what you guys up there deal with, you know. And so I think those things, I think you, you know, a lot of those things get taken for granted down here. Yeah, it was uh, twenty degrees today. Christmas will be like ten degrees. It's a good time. It's seventy-one here. I've grilled. I've, I've grilled the last two days. I love it. Yeah, my a guy I went to high school with. He lives in Texas now. Um, couple years ago he got married his wife had never seen snow because i can't remember where they live in texas they took a vacation to colorado one time mm-hmm. and it snowed and he showed us a video of her face of like this is snow <laughs> and i'm like this is a yearly thing 
Like snow is not a big deal. I hate it. I don't want to drive in it. Like it's. I live in Texas for a reason because I hate being cold, and uh, I would rather it be 106 degrees outside than uh, than 30 degrees. That's See, I hate. I hate being hot, but I don't want it to be zero degrees either. Yeah. So I don't know where to go. I wouldn't know where to go to. <laughs> I think that's Hawaii or uh, Southern California. Yeah, but California's taxes would take up everything we have. Yes, this is there's true. A, this is true. There's a reason why a lot of California people are moving to Texas. Yeah, it doesn't make me happy. Because uh, I heard about I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast a, a lot more now. Because I, I watching film. I try to watch mm-hmm. Joe Rogan. Like, how is he so good at podcasting? And I'm like, oh, he just talks. He doesn't care. But I was listening to him, and he was like, yeah, I'm moving to Texas. So he has he's in Texas now. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're starting to – he was like, a lot of my friends are moving here because they can't handle California because of the taxes and this and that. And and he's rich. And he was like, if he yeah. can't handle it, he, there's a problem. Yeah. And so they're yeah. going to Texas. Yep. No, no state income tax. Um. I have a friend there that coaches middle school football. I want to say by Dallas. I can't remember where. Mm-hmm. And he keeps telling me all the time. He's like, come to Texas. Just come to Texas. We'll get you a football mm-hmm. job. We, we got it. Just come on down. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not that easy to pack up and move. No, but it's, it, it's on the list. It's on the list if I can. Yeah. Living living here in Texas is an acquired taste. Uh, it's different. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, when I because I, I was born and grew up. Um, a very brief part of my life in Michigan. And, and so when we moved down to Texas, I think I was in kindergarten. Um, and so you know, when we went back up to, to visit a uh, family in Michigan, everybody asked if, you know, people ride horses, are there dirt, you know, are, do we have paved roads? I'm like, it, it's just funny to listen to the mindset that people still have that down in Texas, everybody has a horse. And we have, dirt, we have all dirt roads. It's like, no, we uh, we're we're pretty modernized down here. Um, you know, we we do drive cars. Um, <laughs> it's just it's you know, of course, it's the same mindset that I have sometimes when I think of people who live in Michigan. They drive, you know, long trans ams and listen to eighties music. But, um, it's 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 one of those. It's just one of those things where if you don't spend a lot of time or you've never been there or whatever. You know, you, you, you fall into the stereotype. Yeah, I grew up in central Illinois. My high school had 300 kids, so I was cornfields, one-lane roads, and all that good stuff. Loved it. I went to Eastern. That town has like 20,000 people, but a lot of it's the school. And mm-hmm. same type of thing. Great. And then you have this mindset of Chicago, like what mm-hmm. Chicago is. And then I live in the suburbs for two and a half years. So when where we're from... If somebody said they were from, I live in Naperville. So if someone said Naperville, mm-hmm. I would always say, oh, that's Chicago. And then I was telling me, no, that's not Chicago. That's a different town. Now that I live here, I know it. Because people say, oh, Steve lives in Chicago. I'm like, no, I don't. I live in Naperville. It's an hour west. It's a suburb. It's not the city. Because Illinois wants, and there's a funny map I see all the time. It says, here's Illinois, and it has the line. Of everything south mm-hmm. of it, it says, and then there's Chicago. Like here's Illinois, there's Chicago. It's there was a bill 
to get Chicago like cut off from Illinois, like to make its own thing, kind of like Washington D.C. Like, and it's it was happened in 2011, and it just got brought up again during this pandemic. Like they're pushing it mm-hmm. through, trying to get Chicago cut off. It's because of the voting, not to get too political, but like a lot of the voting is Illinois is a red state, and then Chicago votes, and it's blue. And then Illinois becomes a blue state. And they're like, well, hold on a second. The whole state voted red. But the population up there is so much greater that. And so people where I'm from in the boonies, you know, you know, and that's another thing. People from Chicago think we're Amish. Now, there are Amish in central Illinois, but like where I'm from, like we have cars. We, Yeah, people have horses, but they're they're farm animal, you know, whatever. There is an Amish town. You can go there and see the horse and buggy and. And do all that stuff, but like where I tell them where I'm from, they're like, "Oh well, how do you get internet? How do you get cable?" I'm like, "Oh, for goodness sakes!" Yeah, there's phone towers and this and that. Yeah. Or they, and in Illinois, some people don't even know Champaign, even though that's where the University of Illinois is. Mm-hmm. People in Chicago, if I say it's Champaign, they're like, "Oh, Champaign, where's that at?" They're just so cut off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Northwestern plays them. You should know where it is. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's my other rant. Coach has heard me go on two rants so far since we've got we've got it on here. It's your show. <laughs> yeah, but I want people to come back. That's yeah, I agree. Because <laughs> everybody I talk to, I'm like, you have an invitation to come back. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute, what if they don't want to come back because I ramble on? They may never come back. Right. And I was like, good thing I'm not paying people because I'd be out of a lot of money. I'm not paying people to come on. Yeah. Some people think I am. Like, I had Coach Kurt Hines on here. He was like my first time mm-hmm. shooting my shot and getting him yeah. on here. I had a friend say, how much did you pay him? And I was like, I couldn't afford to pay him to get on here. <laughs> That's the amazing part of coaching is like all these, co- all you guys have said yes. And that just blows my mind. It blows my mind that everybody has said yes, except for one. Cause he coaches in college and he's not allowed mm-hmm. to do it. Cause it's just the rule. Yeah. And, that, and that's fine. Yeah. Everybody has said yes. And it shocks me that coaches say yes. Hey everybody. As you know, the coach Steve show is brought to you by the unhinged sports network. And in case you've missed it, they've recently par- partnered with FUBU TV. Now, what is FUBU TV? FUBU TV brings you 100 plus channels, including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and more without the hassle of a cable contract. It is 2020. It's time to cut the cord. If you don't believe me, please click the link in the episode description or on the social media profile, and you can get a seven-day free trial. So please, again, go click on the link for FUBU TV in the episode description or in the social media profile. Get a seven-day free trial to support the Coach Steve Show podcast as well as the Unhinged Sports Network. Um, biggest thing for like for me, I, I just like talk, I like talking football. When it's in the off season, you know, this is this is what I consider my professional development time. This is how I get better. This is how I get better. Um, coaching is the ultimate networking profession, and being able to get on and, and like I talked to Coach, I was on Coach Sheffer's podcast the other night. Um, I did a Zoom video coaching session the other day. Um, you know, doing your podcast now. I think I've got two others lined up in the next week. 
you know, this is the time for a lot of us um, to just get better at what we do, to network, to meet, meet people, get our philosophies and thoughts out there. Um, it's the new age um, of, of networking in my mind. You know, it used to be where you go to coaching clinics and coaching conventions um, to do your networking and, and all that sort of thing. I've, I've just, you know, I've, I've kind of fallen out of the whole idea of going to conventions and, and that sort of thing. I'll go to a clinic here and there. Um, you know, if I go to, I like to go, I'll, if I go to the convention, like if I go to AFCA or we have the, the, the country's largest coaches association convention down here in Texas every, every July, uh, the Texas High School Coaches Association, we call it coaching school. And so I go to that. I go to that mostly. I'm not going there for the sessions, um, just because you know, sitting in an auditorium for an hour, uh, my ADD kicks in and and you know, just it wears on me. But I go because I want to catch up with guys that I know. Um, you know, we'll sit in a restaurant, we'll sit in a bar, we'll sit in a lobby, and we'll we'll get a notepad out and X and O's. Um, I get more out of that. And more out of this, and, and more out of Zoom sessions than I do sitting in an auditorium for an hour. Um, it's just, you know, a lot of and a lot of people are different. They they are old school. They'll take the big chief tablet and a pen, pencil, and they will, you know, they'll, they'll sit in a convention hall and listen to speakers all day long. Um, it, you know, there are certain guys that I can do that with that I that I just want to hear them talk. Um, you know, as, as important as conventions are, the biggest thing is that I found over the last three plus years is that no one talks to X's and O's anymore. They talk about culture. And I, and culture is important. I'm not saying it's not because it's the foundation of what our program is built on. But after a while, you can only hear so much culture talk in a, in a convention. Um, you know, there are certain things that I want to sit down and talk, um, you know, and, and get some specifics on, on why. Uh, why do you do this? Especially if we have a matching, you know, philosophical identity. Um, so you know, that's, that's, you know, my opinion on, on those sorts of things, but I, I enjoy doing this. So it does shock me that coaches want to come on. I think a lot of coaches have the same mentality that I do. Yeah. You're not, you're not the only coach that's brought up the <laughs> clinics. It's mm-hmm. a lot of coaches are saying now they still go. Like if there's a glazier nearby, mm-hmm. they go, but it's more for, that coaching staff to hang out. It's more for, like you said, like some coaches say like, yeah, we might listen to two or three coaches talk, but then mm-hmm. we go to the lobby area as a staff and you sit down and talk, or you go to other staffs and you just yeah. draw things up. They get a lot out of that too. And so coach Albaugh for chief pigskin, I think he saw the writing on the wall a couple years ago of like online clinics is the thing. Like, it's easier to turn on the computer or the TV, plug it in the TV and sit there and watch it. Right. But you can't replace the bonding. Like, like I said, my school, he brought me on in June and I accepted like an idiot because I thought COVID would be over by now. But, <laughs> and we talked about, he talked about that. He goes, I miss being around the kids, but he goes, what really hurts me is we're a quote unquote new coaching staff. Some of the staff was retained. So they know each other, but I don't. It what really hurts him is he's like we can't we've we've been around each other contact days we sat and talked right. now we you know we did the social distance we sit away from each other we do the right thing but he said what kills is like on a Saturday we can't just go to his house and hang out in the backyard and do this or do that we can't yeah. do some of these things 
and build that relationship as a staff to be on the same page all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And now that's just Illinois. That's Illinois. Other states are different. Because right. we would get in trouble if I mean, I'm not in trouble, but like if, if we're putting ourselves in that situation for our families, we just don't want to do that. Yeah. But that's what he misses. He's like, I would love to invite you guys over to grill and we could talk and hang mm-hmm. out. I would love just to go to the school and sit there together and do this and do that. Uh, you know, the Illinois just had that big clinic, this online clinic that had coaches all over. And he's like, I would have loved to go to the school or the locker room, put it on the big screen and we sit there and watch it. But yeah, we can't. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we couldn't. And so we try to do the Zoom stuff, which is great, but there's only so much that can do. Mm-hmm. He calls us and he's great about it. He called me the other day. He goes, I haven't talked to you in a while. How's it going? How's, you know, how's the family? How's your family? You know, and that's all he can do. And it kills him. I can tell. Yeah. I'm the new guy and I can already tell. I'm like, he hates this. He hates how he has to call and be like, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Here's what's going on here. And yeah. And that's important to win football games and build a culture. And right now oh, people are struggling with it. And Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I can't imagine kids because, like, we're adults. We can figure it out. Yeah. Kids are having a hard time. Like, not to be funny, I never thought I'd see where kids are tired of playing video games. Mm-hmm. I like video games. I play Madden and all that, but I don't do, like, right. what they do. And I said that to a coach. I was like, I'm not trying to be funny, but, like, I think they're over video games now. Like, mm-hmm. they don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, there, there's no doubt. I mean, it, it does take a toll, and I think that's something that um, we as coaches, I think, when you know, when we were able to get back um, and start doing things on a regular basis in, in June and July after being shut down, I mean, we could when we got shut down, we got shut down going into spring break, and we had from spring break till um, August. You know, we didn't we didn't see our, you know, we didn't, we didn't have school. Um, we didn't have any sort of spring ball. We didn't have, you know, everything was shut down. And we finally got to open up in June. And, you know, we would have – we'd go one week on, two weeks off because we'd have a contact trace or something. But it was so inconsistent during the summer. But one of the things we realized is just how much the kids needed that, um, that contact. They needed contact with their friends, and but they needed contact with us, um, especially our seniors. Our seniors, you know, you know, panic on if they were going to have a senior year, were they going to have a, you know, a season? Uh, a lot of guys who were, you know, who were being recruited, they, you know, things were being up, you know, so much up in the air. And so one of the things we talked about as staff was how important it is for us 
to make sure that we are there for those kids. Um, because it's very, very, like you just said, as adults, we can learn to adapt. Some can do it better than others. Um, but the kids, you know, this is, this is a time in their, their life where, you know, they're trying to still figure things out. And then when you completely cut off human contact with the outside world for four plus months, and in some cases for y'all, you know, still ongoing, um, that takes a, a tremendous toll on them uh, emotionally. And so those are things where we as coaches that when, you know, when we got together with them, we made a point that, Hey, we, we needed to make sure that we were, you know, we were communicating. We, we started doing, you know, daily, I'd have daily quarterback meetings on Google meets just to, um, you know, just so they could see, so we could talk. So we, you know, it's not texting. It wasn't one-on-one personal contact, but at least there was communication. Um, and then when we finally were able to open up and start doing workouts, um, you know, we we're really, really excited about the numbers um, that, that came in during the summer. Um, kids wanted to be there. Uh, we thought maybe that there would be some hesitancy, some some concern, some fear. Well, they were all in. They, they came in. They were just, I mean, they were getting ready to melt down when we would have to shut down for a week um, because of, of a contact trace or something like that. Um, but again, when August rolled around and we were able to start holding our workouts and our practices and, and slowly started making our way to football practice, I mean, it was, uh, it was great. Um, but one of the things we realized at the end of the season, uh, that was probably the most difficult for us is not having a bye week. Uh, like I told you at the very beginning, we went 13 straight weeks uh, without a bye, and that's tough on high school kids. So no matter how much we wanted to play and how much we wanted to be out there, we never had a break. And, these, and it, wore, it wore these kids down. So by the time we got done with our ninth game, because we only played nine games this year, you know, they were exhausted. We were exhausted to the staff. I mean, it was, uh, uh, it was very, very taxing. It was very taxing. But, again, we take a look at it. As taxing as it was, as worn out as we were, it was a tremendous blessing. Yeah, we will. We will take that right now. If you wanted to give us thirteen weeks, we'll take it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh absolutely, absolutely. Uh, no, uh, in Illinois, each district kind of went about what they thought. So, like one school district might say, "Okay, you guys can do X, Y, and Z." Mm-hmm. The other school district may not have that freedom, and just depend on your numbers and the Department of Health. Mm-hmm. But there were schools that, in Central Illinois that could do more than the Chicago land. Those coaches said they have never had this many kids show up, and they've yeah. never had the consistency of these kids showing up to weightlifting, to, mm-hmm. to to their contact days. And I talked to a coach; he's been a head coach for like twenty-two years. He said in twenty-two years, he never had this high percentage of attendance until until now. Yeah. And it's I said it's because they want to be there, like. More than anything, they want to be doing something other than sitting inside playing video games. Mm-hmm. They want to go do this. And yeah, he said, like, hey, friends. Yeah, and like uh he said kids showed up that never played football before in their life and they're seniors just because mm-hmm. they wanted to show up. And he allowed it. He was like, Yes. Because he goes, They may never play if we have a season, but guess what? I'm not gonna deny a kid the opportunity to come outside and and be around people mm-hmm. and uh 
teachers in Central Illinois, they, we've been remote since the start. But yeah. in Central Illinois, there have been schools that have gone back. Yeah. They said that first day and a half, they didn't learn one thing. Those kids just wanted to talk. They were in masks. That was not the problem. Their masks right. stayed on. Mm-hmm. They were just talking to each other and being friends. They allowed yeah. it. They said, we're not going to learn anything today. We're just yeah. going to do things to get you guys talking to each other. And that's all they did. Yeah. And kids never been more excited to be in school. And that's mm-hmm. another thing. Like you never thought that like kids want to go to school. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. Like, I don't want to go to school, but they do. Like yeah. I wouldn't, I don't want to go learn something, but they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I don't want to ask this. So you're the, the OC. So what kind of offense mm-hmm. do you guys run? I know when we did the Clemson thing, you said you love Clemson's like mm-hmm. uh, spread power run stuff. Yeah. Is that kind of the things you guys run down there? Yeah, we're we're a we base out of a twenty personnel look. We're a power spread RPO um, philosophy. Um, we'll, we're multiple in our personal packages, but we base out of twenty. We have an H back, three receivers. Um, we'll get in some eleven personnel. We'll get some twenty-one personnel. We'll get some ten personnel. Um, but we're you know we that's just the philosophy that I, that I believe in. Um, very RPO oriented. And so it's uh, it works well for us. We've had um, three years of, of, of solid offensive productivity uh, since I've been here. Um, this year, you know, we had a transition year because you know we brought. I think we had nine new starters on offense this year, and then with uh, without spring practice, without much of a summer, um, it was a uh, it was definitely a learning curve during the fall, uh, bringing a new a new quarterback, a new quarterback, a new uh, four new offensive linemen. Um, two new receivers. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was crazy. But as the uh, as the season went on and we got to the midpoint of the season, you started seeing that light come on, with them and we started uh, to really get rolling offensively. So, if everything can uh, can normalize, quote unquote, um, heading into the spring and us have spring ball, I think we're going to have a really nice two year run with this with this group uh, that we have here. Recently, the Coach Steve Show has joined with the Unhinged Sports Network. It's an off-the-ground sports network that has different podcasts and is playing 24-7. So it's a podcast radio-type website. So every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the Coach Steve Show will have a new episode out. And they have partnered with Fanatics.com. So what I need you guys to do is in the episode descriptions and on social media is click on the Fanatics link and go get yourself some fan gear. Any team that you want, they have the gear for. Shirts, polos, hats, pullovers that have zips, stocking stuffers, anything like that, anything. Any team you want, they have. So please just support the podcast and support the Unhinged Sports Network. Please click on the, please click on the link in the description. Please click on the link in the social media and go buy stuff. They have anywhere, anywhere. I've seen anywhere between 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% off all, all their apparel. So with sports coming back, please go get some apparel to support your team. So again, click on the link, go get yourself some gear, and thank you for all the support. Um, now, have you always been like a spread uh, run RPO type, or did it have to develop into that? I, I, de- I developed into it um, over the years. You know, when I first started, 
coaching. Uh, th- oh, this is my 24th year, so I'm an old, I'm an old guy. Um, and so my first four years of coaching, um, I was in a split back and bear offense. Um, my first two years as an offense coordinator, I was a split back. I was, I was coordinating office. I was based on a split back and bear. Um, and as much as the RPO offense and the power spread philosophy is, is basically kind of a hybrid form of the triple option. Um, I absolutely, I can't stand the option. Um, so it's just not my cup of tea. Um, I studied the I studied West Coast offense. I was a big believer in what Bill Walsh did. Um, organizationally, mostly, um, you know, I you know, had a background in air raid, studied it, uh, got to learn it from the Godfather. Um, and so there are a lot of things that, from, from a pass game standpoint, that we implement still in, in our current form of offense. And I think when everybody breaks down and strips it all down, I think everybody has a um, – uh, some sort of, you know, form of air raid philosophy in their pass game. Most people run stick and, and wide corner and sail and mesh or, or shallow. I mean, that's just – those are staples that I think most people run. Um, but as uh, as things evolved in my career, you know, I, I'm a, at the end of the day, I want to run the football. Uh, I'm just that's, – that's what I am. But I want – so <clears> – <throat> I wanted to get out of the traditional sense where, you know, you, you run it, you throw quick, man, you play action pass, you throw pocket, you spread it out, you have a screen. Um, because it, it, at some point in time, that chess match becomes a crapshoot because you're guessing. Um, you know, you're guessing that, you know, hey, yeah, based off of, you know, film study, that on second, you know, this down distance, they should be in this. Well, what happens, what was happening is now all of a sudden it's like, oh, but they jumped into this look. Well, now I just have a quick game call. So that, you know, now it's, we have, we have to overthrow our receiver because they jumped into it for coverage, completely blows it up. Um, and, you you know, now you're sitting at third and five or third and ten because you, you guessed wrong or they did something wrong. So as the years, you know, went by, I started delving into this RPO stuff. I, I started studying um, early on, I think it was 2012, 2013, um, where I started studying some of the stuff Noel Mazzoni was doing um, early on in his stuff with his end zone systems offense and, and the RPO stuff and, and still learning it. It was, it, it was you know, I was toying with it. I was doing mostly uh, fast screens, quick screens with inside zone but really wasn't doing anything from a concept standpoint. Um, and then it started evolving and tinkering and, and that sort of thing. It wasn't until about three years ago, though, when the light finally came on on how to explode this uh, and be a more dynamic offense to where, you know, in my mind, and it's maybe it's a simpleton way of looking at it, that when, when, when I call my RPOs, if everybody does their job correctly, we should never be wrong. Uh, and that's kind of the, the mindset that I take when I when I'm, I'm talking to my offensive unit and I'm talking to my guys, and the, co- the coaching staff. That if we teach them up and, and we teach them their their jobs, we should never be wrong. We should be, you know, not saying that we're going to bust a play for 80 yards and a touchdown, but if we if we get four yards, um, that's a win. Um, you know, if we if we get a if we get a run read and you know we hand the ball off. And we get four yards. That's a win. You know, that's a win for us. 
And so now, you know, we're sitting at second six on the RPO. This time they, they give us a pass read. We get four yards. Now we're looking at third and two. Uh, those are all wins for us. Uh, but it, like I said, it wasn't until about three years ago where I met uh, Brent Deerman. Uh, he was at Bethel University. He spent some time at Arkansas Tech uh, with Gus Malzahn at Auburn when he was there. Um, but I got a chance to meet him through the wonders of social media. Um, as, as much as I hate, as much as I hate Twitter, um, it, I do like Twitter from the standpoint of, of networking with coaches and meeting, meeting, coaches, meeting guys like you with Coach Sheffer. And, and I met Coach Dearman um, through Twitter and got a chance to start developing a relationship with him, talking to him uh, about his book. Um, then we got together at AFC, uh, AFCA that year. And we just sat in a, in a San Antonio bar on the Riverwalk. Um, and him, his offensive line coach, just sat there and broke it all down for me and a number of the coaches uh, for about two, two and a half hours. It was great. Um, and, you know, just it was eye opening to me on the simplicity of teaching the quarterbacks, uh, the simplicity of D gap run fitter, C gap reads. Um, it just made things a lot simpler on, on how we on how we do things. You know, I just posted something on Twitter a little while ago before we started uh, that you know it doesn't it, it's not real popular, uh, especially with O line coaches for the most part because most O line coaches just like to get after it. But if you're going to buy into the full RPO philosophy, you've got to have an offensive philosophy with your O line coach. That um, if you're going to run RPOs. The offensive line has got to understand that they can't attack linebackers who don't attack them. That's very, very difficult for for a lot of a lot of people to grasp and understand because you know they want to that combo and get up and climb to that backer. You know, sometimes you just got to understand that you got to secure the first level and be happy with it and let the linebacker sit at five yards. And uh, if they if they tackle our running back at four, be happy with that. Be content with that especially early on, because eventually it's going to pop. Um, but a lot of things, um, a lot of times why, why that's not a popular philosophy is because of the level of impatience that we have as coaches about being okay with a four-yard player. Um, I'm happy with four-yard player. I'll eat clock up all day long. I'll run 90 plays and, and just be methodical. About it. If we don't have but four or five explosive plays in a game, I'm not upset about it. As long as we're doing our job, I'd rather wear teams down. Um, one of our greatest accomplishments here, my first year at Bastrop, we were playing a, uh, one of our powerhouses in our district in the state, Brown, and we opened up the first of the second half on a 19 play, 11 and a half minute drive. Um, and that was awesome. I mean, that was one of those things where we just took the ball at the 20 and methodically went down the field. We're a tempo team, we'll, we'll, we're no huddle. Uh, but we got in a molasses mode. We felt like we there with their offense that they couldn't. We did not want them on the field, so we just okay. We'll just get it the quarter, and we did. And it was a great, great moment for our kids. Uh, but it, it kind of encompasses what my philosophy is, which is, you know, I just want to eat the clock. I want to run a lot of plays. I want to average four yards a carry. I want to average a minimum of 250 yards a game on the ground. If we, you know, I want to be 150 to 200 through the air um, and just and, and just be methodical in what we do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a way to solve. 
you said a lot there, so I'm trying to think of what I was going to say. The old line thing. Yes. I'm an old line coach, so like yeah. you're right. I do want to attack. I want to go. Two things. I don't know if this helps RPO stuff. Mm-hmm. A school I was at, if it was going to be like a play action or we knew it might be an RPO, mm-hmm. if we called it um, – we did a lot of power, a lot of power, power read. So if we kind of knew it might be a uh, power RPO, mm-hmm. we call it 44 if it was going to the right 44. Right. Now, if we said 144, they kind of knew – the line kind of knew, hey, block the line of scrimmage, but we're not trying to really get down the field. Because most likely he we know that's a way of telling the quarterback you're gonna throw it. But mm-hmm. you can hand it off. The only person that knew to go was the pulling guard. Because by the time mm-hmm. he got there, the ball should either be gone or handed off. Right. That was one way to go about it. Um another school I was at, if we called RPO, it was inside zone. Mm-hmm. Now I, I posted this a while back. I should have never done this. Inside zone, the way I always knew it was you step to the right or left and you go up the field. The school mm-hmm. I went to, he said we don't have the linemen to do that. We felt like we did not have the athletic linemen to do that. So it, was, it just became double teams all over the place. Mm-hmm. And kind of like duo without blocking the end. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I posted it before. I took a picture of the huddle and I said, all right, guys, on the world web, what do you guys think? Is this – to you, is this inside zone? Is this your duo? For us, it was inside zone. Mm-hmm. I should have never had done that because people came out of the woodwork. Um, yeah. They told me the running back's path wasn't drawn for inside zone, so it was due. And I said, are you kidding me? I drew this up on huddle in like 10 seconds. Yeah. Like, and I and I went on, and people are like, no, because inside zone is this, by the rules, this, 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 and this. And I said, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Then they said, where's the cutback? And I said, guys, there is a cutback because we're not hitting the end. We're double teaming to get to the linebackers. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why we double team was kind of like what you said. We felt like if we put the pressure on them to say, we have to take care of the line of scrimmage first, by the time they get to the linebackers, the ball should already be gone. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that makes sense. In a way, you're right. Like the lineman can't be down the field. Don't right. go get – and I don't want to attack the linebackers. I want to get to an area. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the wrong thinking of O-line coaches. I'm about to lose my O-line card. I'm now looking for a kill shot on a linebacker because linemen, we're not going to get it all the time, mm-hmm. especially if you end up being by yourself. Mm-hmm. If you can just get to the area so our running back can get behind you, I don't care if you touch the linebacker. If you get in his way, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. So that's why we double-teamed all over the place to help with a play action on RPO because if we could double-team, focus on that, mm-hmm. the ball should be gone. Right. 
No, we, you know, we do, we, you know, we don't traditional do traditional inside zone from, from a blocking. And we're not zoning it, true, true zoning it. Um, we'll, we, we'll combo, especially if we're, if we've got, you know, because a lot of teams will set a three to our HVAC. And so, you know, we'll run inside zone to the left. So we're blocking left, our HVAC blocks right because he makes the end because uh, he's technically backside. But we'll combo the three, we'll combo the nose. Um, you know, and we'll block, we'll block play side, block, block play side. Um, generally speaking, you know, if we're running just true inside zone, we're going to combo the three to the backer, combo the nose to the backer, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but because of the way, because we RPO so much, what we, what we've emphasized is stay on the combos, stay on the combos, stay on the combos. You know, we had gone with the idea that we kind of like what you're saying, kind of give a code word or something that um, would let them know that, hey, we're running an RPO here. Um, so you have to be careful. Where we got where it blew up in our face is that what happened now is that when they when they heard that, they got passive. Mm-hmm. Because, like, oh, they were thinking pass and they weren't thinking run. And so we said, you know what, we're not going to do this. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to teach the old line inside zone. We're going to teach them outside zone. We're going to teach them power. We're going to teach them, you know, whatever, you know, whatever we're running. Um, and, and that's all their focus is. So when they hear that code word, they're going. We're going to go with the mindset is that we're going to attack first level and stay on first level until a linebacker attacks us. If he wants to get downhill immediately because he sees the back, then great, now we can attack that backer because he's attacking us. But if that linebacker wants to sit at five yards, stay on the stay on the double team. Because the double team is the first threat to begin with. And so that's the like that's the man who's going to to blow up our inside zone more than anybody. It won't be the linebacker. You know, the only time the linebacker is going to blow up inside zone is if he if he comes screaming through the gap. Well then we need to be picking him up because he's attacking. So the more and more that we went through this, the more and more they began to understand it. And it, it, it they didn't lose their aggressiveness on that. Right. But what happened is that we were getting guys, and it happened mostly on our outside zone. Um, it seemed like we were getting nailed for a legal man down field early. Uh, I think we had four, I think we had four touchdowns called back on an outside zone. We would throw outside zone and or we'd run outside zone with an RPO attached to it, and we would cross face it. Um, but we throw backside. So we were reading kind of backside on it, which is unusual for, for me, but with outside zone, it was just, it was just easier to be able to do. And we were hitting, you know, we were hitting a slot seam all day long. And so we hit it like four times um, early on, the, early in the season. And we just get nailed for a legal man down for because, you know, we're facing a front. Well, you're uncovered. Your mindset is I'm going to climb. And so, sure enough, we got a we got a guard who's climbing to linebacker, and he's seven yards downfield um, at the point where we're, you know we're releasing the football because you know we're taking two, you know we're taking two uh, steps with our quarterback pulling and throwing. If if we get the look, well, time, he's five seven yards downfield. So you know we, that's we decided that okay, we're gonna have to make sure. That they understand that they have to secure first level, run first level, run first level, even on outside zone, run first level. Don't get up to the second level 
unless they're attacking you. And then by that time, it's not even second level, it's still first level because the linebackers are coming. Um, and so that's, you know, those are the re that's kind of the reasoning behind why we do what we do in that standpoint. But again, it's not it's not for some. You know, you have some old linemen, old line coaches who just make, they won't buy into that. They don't want to buy it. It goes against their philosophy. And you know, those are things that you have to figure out um, as a, as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, from that standpoint of okay, we got to find some common ground here because if we want to RPO, you know, we can't have linemen getting downfield. But we got we can't lose our aggressiveness in the in our run game. That's where they blame the quarterback. Quarterback should have gotten the ball out quicker. But then some of those linemen sprint down the field, where I saw linemen tell them not to sprint because we're not sprinters. You have to duck walk or, you know, mm-hmm. quick shuffle up there. And that's why I'm big on just getting in the way on mm-hmm. stuff like that. Now, there are times where back in the day, we ran the power eye option when I played. <clears throat> there was none of that. It was you get to that linebacker and get hands on. Oh, yeah. Now we've learned we're not, us old linemen are not built that way. We are meant to get in the way. Now, if we can get hands on, fantastic. Right. But most likely, that linebacker is more athletic than you. Mm-hmm. So it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. And on our wide zone against an odd man front, we always, I would tell my guard, you're going to aim for the guy head up the tackle to kind of eliminate that thing of getting up the field. Mm-hmm. Now, if a guy got to you, yeah, you take him. But you're aiming to, to go get to that guy head up the tackle or, or right there. And then you go up the field. So yeah. hopefully by that time, quarterback's gotten the ball out. Yeah. But the only then the, then the problem is, and I don't know how people do in outside zone. I hate taking a wide open step and going. I just mm-hmm. hate them getting their eyes off of what's happening. And that's kind of the way it was taught, and I hated it because then when I yeah. told them that, they would open up to get to him. Mm-hmm. And I, said, I don't want to give up ground to get ground. Right. The only time I'm okay with that is a skip puller for power. But you're mm-hmm. almost not even giving up ground. If you teach it right, you kind of want to go straight up. Yeah. And I told people back in the day, power was a gap. Yeah. And so now I teach it to where I told the OC this year, because I'm the run game coordinator. So I'm like, listen, do not call power 44. And he said, why? I said, because now we're going to start to think it's supposed to hit the four, six, seven hole. But sometimes it does, coach. I said, it does sometimes. I want to practice it where the my guard finds the first open hole and mm-hmm. goes. I said it could be A gap, it could be B gap. And one time it could be the freaking C gap. Because they didn't skip pull before I got there. They kind of did the open up thing. Well, now yeah. I'm there, and I said, we don't do that. I want to skip yeah. pull. I want to stay level the line of scrimmage to find the hole. Because if you tell them four hole, they're going to open up and try to find the wide hole. Mm-hmm. But what if that's where the double team is taking place for power? And so for wide zone, I kind of did the same thing. I was like, I don't, I don't, I never want to do it because then it's going to turn into every single time you pull somebody or move. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Right. So I told them you just kind of go forward. You aim for the armpit of that guy head up the tackle and go. So they don't get up the field. Right. And now we're being, a, we're still being aggressive because I want them to, mm-hmm. blast. I said, if you blast him on the side and get him on the ground as a pancake, good for you. If a guy blitzes towards you, go get him then. Yeah. Like what you said, if he's come up to attack, then you attack. And if the quarterback mm-hmm. still has the ball, then it becomes on him. Like right. you should have made a decision. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, with with us, you know, we we do an RPO drill every day with on Monday and Tuesday, I should say, with our quarterbacks, with with our receivers, and with our running backs. 
Um, and the biggest thing is to is to get our quarterbacks to understand the power of it. It's you know, when we, you know, it's your if we're we're working on D gap run fits. Okay, so if our if our D gap run fitter, and uh, you know, the early on it was it, you know getting our, our managers, getting our assistant coaches to understand that this is not a blitz. So you've got to be a run fitter. You know, you're, you're for the run. You're not blitzing our quarterback because early on we do this drill and they're coming after our quarterback. Like it's not a blitz. That's a totally different work. You know, we're, we're working on on an outside linebacker who's stepping down to fill a hole. He's filling a gap on the run. So please do that. Um, and getting our quarterbacks to understand that I'm staring at that. So I'm sticking the ball out and getting the running back to midpoint. By that time, that decision has to be made. Am I throwing it or am I handing it? If there's a decision, you hand it off. And so you know, we get our quarterback because there's not, it's not, hey, sit here, I'm reading, pull it, sit, 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 and then throw. There's no, there's none of that. I mean, this becomes a shortstop, second baseman, double play flip. You know, where you're working those things. If we're working quick, you know, our quick screen where we flip hips and, and throw it side sidearm um, to get it out to our to our bubble or you know flip the hips and throw it out to our our you know our, our quick screen on the outside or stick route or snag um, or just a simple hitch route. Um, everything is on on a timing basis. So we don't you know so we don't sit there and make it look like it's play action because when you sit there and you fl- and you flash fake it and then sit in the pocket and it's one one thousand two one thousand that, all that's become now is play action you know, and that's a whole different mindset whole different play you know? and so that's why we RPO drill so much is to get them to understand that this is a decision as soon as he makes that run fit you flip and go you know, if he if he shows run early I mean. There's no reason to ride the mesh at that point. You know, let's pull it out, let's get out. And so those those are things where you know trying to get because I told I tell the quarterbacks all the time. In the RPO, if we get a legal man downfield, it's on you. You know, it's not on our line. It's on you because you weren't fast enough. And so you know, we, we're getting better and better. I don't. I think we had one illegal man downfield this year. Um, and really, honestly, it was a BS call because through the ball behind the house scrimmage anyway. So <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, because I I had the uh, D coordinator from Rose Holman Institute in Indiana on Coach Nick Davis. I've known him for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I coached at Charleston High School. He went there, so he's from the area. So I've known him. He talked about um, sometimes to stop the RPOs is just lining up a certain way. If you can mm-hmm. make that cloudy and not show blitz and just even just stand in a certain area, it confused because he wanted to come. I'm an offense guy. He's defense. So he was trying to tell me what they think. Mm-hmm. I said, no, that's true because in high school, even if you line up a certain way, that quarterback may start to second guess it just from a lined up perspective. Because yeah. I know Texas, you guys are completely different. But up here in Illinois, there's times where that defensive guy's going to line up wrong and it works out for yeah. him. And that defense coordinator is losing his mind because they lined up wrong, but it might work. And that's, right. that's why you have to RPO the stuff and learn and put defensive guys just in a spot. Like they might stand here, they might stand here. You have to see the whole picture. Yes. But I also like where the quarterback has an out, where if it is so cloudy that he just doesn't feel comfortable, you have an out to hand it off and get yeah. something out of it. 
Yeah, because the biggest thing to tell what we tell our quarterbacks is always reserve the right for the, to have the next down. Reserve the right to kick. Um, you know, I want to be able to, you know, if we, you know, I, we try to tell them all the time, reserve, we reserve the right to punt. And you can only do that by making sound decisions every now in, in the RPO. If that guy is going to sit there and just stand there, hand the ball off. If he's going to feather it and kind of give you a little here and there, hand the ball off. You know, we run RPO, and this is something I learned from Coach Dearman. We run RPOs not to throw the football. We run RPOs to run the football because we have to account for that extra run defender. So if we can put that man in, in conflict, then, you know, then we need, you know, we, we've got to be able to put him in conflict. That's a win for us. Um, you know, and we do get those times where we get teams that will say, okay, fine. We know that you, you were doing that. So we're going to hang you up on the outside and we're going to roll the safety down or, we're going to, you know, or we're, we're going to roll the safety down to the, and man it and bring it, bring the outside linebacker into the box and, and, and play it that way. Well, one of the things we do at that point in time is what, you know, I love this, this, this word. Um, I use it all the time. It's called mansers. Coach Dearman says, you know, what are your what are your mansers? Your answers for man. Um, running quarterbacks and, and rub routes. And so we you know we'll get in and, and we'll start calling our our, our dash stuff, um, which tells our track he's climbing. We're gonna we're gonna become a C gap run fit and we're gonna we're gonna now RPO, we're gonna we're gonna run uh, a, a bubble concept on the outside to get that outside linebacker or that safety to to get to the sideline, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna release the H back up, and so he's gonna read inside linebacker as the arc block arc, arc releases up. He's gonna eyeball the inside linebacker. If we get a heavy scrape, we're gonna pick him up, and we'll put the um, you know then we're gonna read the the last man on the line of scrimmage, and and we'll go from there. If linebacker fills, he continues to climb to safety. We read defensive end and we go, and so you know, so having we put into more of a zone read look, get our quarterback outside, make him uh, make him run the football a little bit more to get teams to understand that they can't go man against us. And our quarterback's not fleet of foot this year. Now the one I had the last two years, he was a thousand yard rusher, and so he was very dynamic. So when he would run the football, teams teams would get out of man really real fast and jump into a quarters look. You jump into a zone or a quarters like for us, that's a win because we're going to eat you up. We're going to eat you up with our people all day long. And we're going to run the football in the throat. Um, and so having, you know, being able to have a, a dynamic runner or, you know, we have a, you know, we had two quarterbacks this year who were not dynamic, dynamic runners, but they were good enough to get us four yards, five yards and get down um, and, and do those little things, those hidden yards um, that you normally wouldn't account, you know, you wouldn't be able to account for um, with with more pocket passers. But um, so those are kind of our things. That we'll run, you know, some some rub stuff to, um, on our, you know, from our quick game and, and pocket stuff to get teams out of that man. Yeah, Coach Dearman's stuff is awesome. I remember when he came out with that book a couple years ago. Yeah. What was really awesome was somehow I talked to him on Twitter one time. Mm-hmm. And I sent him a message and I said, yeah, don't worry. I'm going to get it. I just haven't gotten it yet. And he goes, what's your email? Gave my email and he emails it to me. 
it's only on the Apple store or whatever. So I got my iPad and he goes, just don't tell my wife. And he's like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. And I read it like the Bible because I was a young OC. I was kind of handcuffed. OC is the nice way to put mm-hmm. it. And I was yeah. trying to figure out where to go. And I read it multiple times and I was like, I love this. And it's simple. It's very easy. And, <laughs> and I love how there's video describing it and, and everything else. And then I went back and watched Auburn a little more. I was like, yep, this is exactly what he got it from because mm-hmm. he was there. This is how it works. In the summer, he had the Zoom stuff all summer. I tried to get on there. And and what's what's some people think it's hard. Some people think it, when you when you hear what you just described, some people that's really hard and they don't want to do it. And I'm like, if you rep it over and over like the air raid stuff, it's real easy. Right. Because where I was OC and was kind of handcuffed. Um, um they wanted RPO stuff and I was all for it. I said, but we have to practice it. Well, guess how much time I got for our RPO thing. I got five minutes and then maybe less. And the RPO stuff was just a guy standing there. And I was like, this is all I can do. I got less than five minutes. And it wasn't every day. It was once a week. And in a game where it didn't work, I got real mad. I'm like, why can't you read this? And I started to realize this is a 16 year old kid where you're yelling about something you haven't even practiced. Right. So then learning that Coach German stuff and doing that, a lot of practice has to come with that stuff. And maybe that's why people don't do the RPO stuff because they don't want to sit down this time practicing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it is it's an acquired taste. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have somebody that I work for that is, uh, is understanding it um, and is willing to understand it is willing to, to, to buy into it because he, you know, he sees the, the, the end result. Um, but there are some that don't understand it. They don't want to understand it. Um, and so that, it makes it real tough. If, if you're going to be an R, if you're going to say you're going to run the RPO, uh, then you need to be all in to running the RPO. That means you've got to build, um, you got to build the stuff into the practice platform. Cause you can't just roll out there and say, Oh, we're going to RPO. I'm going to call a run play with a pass play. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And, and we're going to call that RPO and we're never going to work it during group work or individual and things like that. Um, and we're just going to run it. Uh, it. It doesn't work that way. You've got to invest the time into it. Uh, and, and so that's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally get that. Now, this is where I kind of, maybe I'm going to sound like an idiot for some people listening. For RPOs, are there actual RPO plays where it's like, okay, this is what it works with this? Or like, I think I talked to Coach Mackey about this one time. I said, could you run stick, but have that be your RPO as well and read that, you know, like tag inside zone with it, but you rep it, you rep in practice. Like it's not just in a game like, oh, run 10, which is like inside zone, run 10, stick. Mm-hmm. And you never practice it, but you think as a coach, oh, it's the same thing. Could you make that an RPO play where you just call stick and it's a pass protection, you know, the slide, or could you in practice say, 
when I call this, it's stick. Call it something else. Mm-hmm. Call it Washington State. I don't care. You call Washington State. It's stick, but you have the inside zone, but you practice it. Right. Could you do that, or do you have to have a play that's an RPO play on its own? Yeah. What we do, we do, we do things a little differently in regards to how we handle our RPOs uh, and how we call it and install it and stuff. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people will say, okay, inside zone is – this is the this is the, the concept attached to it. It may be stick, and it may be, or it may be bubble. Um, and so, split zone, you've got um, a quick out uh, or RPO, uh, whatever. I, I've just never been a believer in boxing, putting myself in a box on that. Um, what we do, the way we teach it, is this: our offensive line learns run game. Okay. Now we, you know, we don't throw as much regular quick game um, as you know as a normal program probably would. We just don't line up and call stick. Now we will uh, depending on the week, but normally our our quick game is married into our run game. That's how we and that's how we do it. Um, now our concept stuff, our pocket stuff is completely different. Play action is completely different. Screen game is completely different. But when it comes to quick game. It's married into our run game, but I don't have, you know, inside zone is X split zone is Y. You know, I don't have it where only one concept with each run. Here at the coach Steve show podcast, we're very excited for our new sponsor for the show, the launch pack kickoff tee. Pretty exciting that they wanted to sponsor the podcast and very, um, excited for the opportunity to be sponsored by them um the launchpad kickoff tee is a very unique kickoff tee it's there's nothing like it it is created so that way you can place the football however you want it you want it to stand up higher it can stand up higher if you want it you know to make it down lower to make the football be kicked off and go farther it can do that you want to place it to the side you want it to stand straight up however you want you could put it upside down if that's the thing however you want the launchpad kickoff tee can let you do that so if you're a coach and you have a younger guy or a developing kicker who is not reaching the end zone at all times, this is the perfect kickoff tee for you. The reason is that it gives a coach a strategic options on squibs and onside kicks that were never available before. This kickoff tee is legal for the NCAA use and for all high schools at the National Federation High School Association. The Launchpad Kickoff Tee, it is a game changer, guys. Having one here is a complete game changer. Check out the videos that they've posted. It's it's amazing stuff to see what the kickers can do once they get this and get the kicking down and use this tee. So for now, what I need you to do, if you're interested in looking at it and going to buy one, please go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. And when you buy the one tee... Use the code CSS to get 10% off. But also, there are other options using the same link. If you want to buy two, you can get 25% off. If you think you need more and want to go buy the four-pack option, you can buy three and get one of them for free. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS and use the code CSS and go get this game-changing kickoff tee for all you kickers and you coaches today. I just don't believe that um, because, you know, for example, two years ago we got into a game and we ran. I was running inside zone and we called stick with it. Got 
15 yards on, on, on that. Came right back to it because it was explosive hit play because it was 10 yards. Went right back to it, got back on the line, called it again. Um, they rolled the coverage. They went straight into man. So I went, you know, I went easy, 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 and just changed the concept. Still, we're still running inside zone. We just called, um, you know, bubble slant with it. So we're, we're still running inside zone. Everybody up front, you know, they get their code word for the inside zone. Our running backs and H-back get know their code word for the inside zone. The only thing that changed was the concept on the outside. And so the receivers got that changed, and the quarterback's the only person who has to know everything. He's got to know, you know, what we're running, what we're blocking, and what we're throwing. That's it. Everybody else, O-line, you just worry about one game. Receivers, you worry about pass game. Okay? Do your job. And so we run, they roll down into a man because they're tired of getting picked. And so we run, we run bubble slam. They give us a, they roll, you know, they bring the outside linebacker. He gives us a run fit. We flip corner and in the corner and safety confuse each other. They both jump the bubble and leave the slam wide open, throw for six, 36 yard touchdown. But you, in my mind, you can't do that if you just put one concept to inside zone. You be, so, if, you know, we have seven quick game concepts that we work on. I'll carry all seven with me into a game. I may only run three of them mm-hmm. inside, inside the run place. But I know that if I get a certain look, that I can flip it and run that concept instead of stick or instead of the, the hitch concept. I might be able to run delay slant. Might be able to run bubble slant. Maybe just run slant out, you know, those sorts of things. I might be able to run snag. Um, and so those, you know, those things, that's how we that's how we install it. And so, you know, again, a lot of guys just will just say inside zone is this, and this is what we run with inside zone every single time. I just put, I just think you put yourself into a box, especially um, you know, like I said, you know, you can you can film study as much as you want to. But they jump into something different. They take that away. You just you just put yourself where you're. It becomes irrelevant. So you no longer can run that. You have to completely change what you're doing. Well, if my receivers know the quick game, my quarterback knows the quick game, and my, my line and running backs know the run game, I can call whatever I want to at any given time, and it's not going to impact anybody. Run. That's why I think we're effective with it. Yeah, because I've seen coaches where they have their quick games. Let's say there's four or five quick games. Mm-hmm. Then they have their dropbacks. Then they have their runs. Then they have RPOs, which are different than their quick games, where it's a completely mm-hmm. different play. Now, the linemen know no different. It's inside right. zone. But yeah. the wide receivers now, instead of learning four drop or five dropbacks, four quick games, mm-hmm. now it's like now you have to know three or four RPO plays, which are completely different routes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of like years ago where I saw, hey, what if your RPO is stick? The wide receivers, all they have to know is stick. Mm-hmm. And your linemen know inside zone. Why can't you put them together exactly. and practice it every single day? Yep. And then if you just want the opportunity just to call stick for some reason, you can because mm-hmm. the linemen are just yeah. going to get old, you know, half slide because it's quick game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the quarterback knows no different. The quarterback has to know everything, but like the read never changes because it's the same thing. It's not, hey, we're going to run stick right now, and then all of a sudden we're going to run. Some people call uh, corner snag. You know, yeah. air raid terms is corner. Other people say snag. 
let's say that's not a quick game for you, but all of a sudden for an RPO, you call snag that's your RPO game. Well, now they mm-hmm. have to know something completely different. You're adding more onto it. Yes. That quarterback has enough to think about with RPO stuff. Don't just add things and confuse them. Might as well marry them together. Yes. In my opinion, but I'm stupid. So that's what I think. Mean, it's, it's, no, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I, like I said, I am a simpleton when it comes to things. I don't want my kids to have a thing. And so if, if we know that we're going to have, you know, if we're going to have seven quick game concepts, I know that we're going to have six run concepts. You know, our gap, we have our zone scheme and our gap scheme. And so we have those six. Okay. And as I said, I call a run play. And all of a sudden now they, they put nine in the box. Okay. Well, I've lost that guess. Or if I call a, a stick concept, and all of a sudden they go man against us. I've lost that guess. But if I, if I put the run game and marry it into that quick game, I don't lose the guess because you can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. You, gotta, you either got to cover the pass or you got to cover the run, but you can't do both. That's the beauty of what Coach Dearman taught in his philosophy in, in regards to that D got run fit. He can't serve two masters. He can't, he can't be a pass defender or a run defender at the same time. He's got to make a decision. And so that's why we do that. Now he he will, you know, he has specific RPO concepts. You know, this is, you know, this X, Y, and Z. Um, that's where I'm different. You know, two years ago I tried to put some some pocket concepts into the RPOs, and that was an absolute disaster. Um, just because it just took way too long. I thought I was getting cute, I was overthinking the process. Thinking, okay, our longer developing run plays, like we'd run with our counter H or our power or our outside zone, we're going to run a little bit deeper. Kind of, we'll run by cross with it. Yeah, that that did not marry very well. You know, you can't do a match. You can't do shallow. It's got to be quicks. Uh, and so that's you know those you know, those, those are those are live and learn things. Thinking, okay, now if I run outside zone, I got to take two shuffle steps. I take a step back. You should be able to get over the top fast. No, <laughs> that didn't, didn't work. That didn't work very well. Uh, and so you know, we scaled it back and said, "Okay, we're just going to stay with what we've done, what's been successful, which is okay. um, you know." Again, there'll be there'll be weeks where we'll go in and we'll say, "Okay, hey, we're going to run this quick game straight up." Just you know, they, they're playing their they you know eight, eight game films. They've shown that their corner to the boundary is going to play nine yards off. We're going to throw the stop route. At any point in time, we can just call the stop route. It's going to be there. And so, you know, you have those weeks where you can just simply do that. Most times, you know, we don't just call a straight up quick game. We don't call a straight up run play except for third downs. I don't RPO third down very often. Um, you know, the only time I ever RPO a third down is if I know that we're in four down territory. So I treat second and third down like it's just two second downs. Um, so I'll I'll do that. But on a third and four and below, we're getting after you. We're we're running the football. We're gonna run. We're gonna run the football and get after you. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a get after you. And the same thing in regards to our our yes no pre um stuff. And we have we have gift routes on the outside. And so if you know that week our our single receiver gift is a, is a vertical. 
our quarterback comes in line of scrimmage. Sorry about that. Um, our, our quarterback comes in line of scrimmage, looks at the leverage, at, you know, has to answer the question, is it yes or no? If it's no, we're running the play. If it's yes, rise up and throw the bird. We don't do that on third down. You do not have the authority to throw a gift route on third down. You know, and so just because every quarterback in America, if you give them authority to throw a third down gift, they're going to throw a third down gift on third and one, and you're going to end up being fourth and one, you know, most times. So I just quote it out of the out of their hands. Um, but that's just you know, that's, those are that's my philosophy on those things. Yeah, I've this is my fifth high school, so I've seen where. Some who call inside zone, everybody blocks for that reason. And then if they want a bubble, then they go, okay. If the running back is to your side, you run the bubble. If they tag it like bubble, they know that's what happens for that reason. Because if it is third and whatever, third and three, third and two, Mm -hmm. and you don't want to add another play, they call inside zone or, or outside zone, whatever it is, the quarterback has no choice but to give it. If and then I bet schools were inside zone, an automatic RPO was there. So like, if running backs on your side, you're running the bubble. If he's away from you, you're walking or something. But if you tell the quarterback you have that option to throw that bubble, he's going to turn throwing. Mm-hmm. Or he's going to keep it and run that option look, or he keeps it and puts it out to the bubble. We practice mm-hmm. that. Get that option, then something's going to happen. Something's going to blow up, and you as a coach are going to be mad. Like it's third and one. You should have just handed it off. And that's why um, then sometimes I've seen where they say inside zone and just dive. So if they mm-hmm. have to dive, it's an automatic give. Lyman mm-hmm. is, it's like you're doing your thing. Mm-hmm. I get the handoff. Now everybody else is running the right field still to get their eyes to look at that. So they just hand it off. Yeah. Awesome. That's kind of what we in the playoffs one year. We had three down. We play, I played a team with an odd man front, and they mm-hmm. took Linebacker and had his hand right on the guy's butt, the nose guard's butt, and would just stand there and get a pick. And we saw that on, so we turned our inside zone to die. We would triple team. So everybody just stepped in and triple team. They bring another linebacker. You're already there. Our running back's got to make a decision. So we tagged dive. So it was like inside zone dive. So the mm-hmm. linebacker here dive, they triple teamed. Right. Or triple teaming the nose guard because now we can. Our gaps are protected. We're not stepping away. We're, we're protected. They got it. They, it was a cat. They called it mouse. Like we just called him the mouse. Like you have to triple team to the mouse because he's playing a trap game. They mm-hmm. got it that pretty quick. We ran it five times in a row five yards, six yards, seven yards, or whatever. Five yards. They were like, oh, this doesn't work no more. Yeah. Because our, our bread and butter was inside zone and trap. So they were trying to take it away. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, why don't we just triple team and we're good to go? <laughs> don't outsmart don't outsmart ourselves. We're just like, yeah. us, we're gonna take what you're doing. <clears throat> that was an interesting game. We were the Rams, and somebody on their team tweeted, Rams can't swim. And so when we did this so many times and scored, we were like, Your mouse can't swim now, but like we were doing <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh, we were jerks though, but we were nine and oh, and we had the right to kind of be like, oh, yeah. Hey, there's a reason yeah, why. All right, Coach, I've taken a lot of your time. Uh, hey, I, I love it. Like I said, I talk ball all day long. I appreciate you uh, you know, you know, allowing me to come on and, and talk with you. You have a great show. You do a great job. And uh, you know, definitely look forward to uh, 
talking more with you in the off season. Hopefully, you guys uh, have a season coming up this spring and be able to follow uh, with you know the things that you're doing. So, I wish you guys all the best and, and uh, stay safe. Appreciate it. Hopefully, we do. Uh, you guys won't be too jealous because we'll be in the snow. You guys will be like, oh, yeah. we're down here. We don't have to worry about that. That's right. We'll stay here. Yeah, and uh, see, I'm the run game coordinator though, so I'm like, we're going to run the ball more because we're we're going to try to run an offense mm-hmm. that you're talking about, like. Tight end, H backs, run the ball. Uh, I had to install ISO and power and all that good stuff during the summer. And uh, mm-hmm. they don't want to do inside zone because they've had bad luck with it in the past. Right. But they never had a true O line coach. They forced people mm-hmm. to coach it. And I was like, yeah. I'm an O lineman. I've coached O line. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I researched it. I'm like, I got you. And mm-hmm. I got to convince them now. <laughs> That's the next step. Is yeah. probably before I let you off, this is how easy inside zone can be. I, I installed ISO. It mm-hmm. looks like Duo, but you have the insert. I got it from Illinois College a couple of years ago mm-hmm. from their mm-hmm. OC. I've never used it, but it's in my toolbox. So now that someone's mm-hmm. asked me to do it, I can do it. Right. I told the OC, guess what inside zone is going to look like? He goes, what? So I had the guys walk through it. We just didn't block the end. Yeah. No insert, but we just didn't block the end. I said, I've taught them nothing new. It's the same rules except for the tackle. Nothing yeah. new. And so now they're now that we've had a longer offseason, their wheels are turning now. They're like, Steve, it's really stupid simple here. He doesn't get too too crazy. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. and our power and our rules are the same for power. I keep all the terminology the same, where the blocking rules are the same. And so the kids already got it within like 20 days. I was like, right. they look at me like I'm a mad scientist. I'm like, no, I'm just stupid. If I make it stupid, everybody's gonna pick it up. Right. So all right, Coach. Well, you have an invitation to come back and more X and O stuff. Yeah. So, guys listening, thanks so much. Uh, go check out Coach's stuff on Twitter. He, he'll do Zoom stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, if you want to drop your Twitter just in case for people to find you. Um, uh, my Twitter handle is at Coach Bronk, C-O-A-C-H-B-R-O-N-K. Go follow him. There will be stuff during this offseason unless you're Illinois. We'll play in the snow here eventually. Uh, so guys out there stay safe and we'll see you guys next time lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.